Yeah. And so what Kaib is arguing is that uh, for the most part, elites have operated by not trying to mobilize the unmobilized and by trying to cut deals or negotiate or just basically assume the limits of politics or what they are. So he, he cites, say, Rahm Emanuel, who is like actually attacking people who are trying to push for more expansive uh, health care during the, the Obamacare years. Yeah, there's a great piece by Chris Hayes. It's called Tuesdays with Rahm about his es- efforts to discipline the Democratic caucus to get them in the House to shut up and stop trying to make the Obamacare better or, to, or the administration to do anything good. Right, and so He's and, <laughs> fucking pissed, yelling no, at people that's all right. the time. So the the opposite of that is the idea that the people, this movement, and this is what you were kind of mentioning, the kind of coalition that in the campaign is is evidently coming out to get Bernie elected, could be the type of coalition that that puts pressure on any number of politicians, both Democrat and Republican. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and that. Maybe just to restate, you know, like like the whole like Mitch McConnell's, uh, you know, d- uh, j- developing sort of judicial dictatorship that he's trying to set up, um, and also you know the the Democratic Party's like um, f- feckless like their their sort of learned helplessness posture towards any sort of like real social democratic reforms or socialism. Um, is predicated on only a, ever about 60% of the people turning out to vote for president tops and less than that, you know, in the midterms. And it, because if you have this huge, you know, like, like a sort of unruly, undisciplined citizenry of people who aren't apathetic, who are demanding things, then that makes your job a little bit more difficult. And as Dave argues, I think rightly, it kind of suits the interests of of the elites of both parties, both both in the sort of cynical, anti-democratic way for McConnell, where he's like actually suppressing the vote. But then on the other hand, the Democratic establishment is not really keen on getting the 40 percent of non-voters in to sort of like upend. The, it takes their power away. Yeah, it could potentially run them out of politics forever because their whole shtick is premised on this idea that America is a center-right country. The best you can do is is penny-ante little shitty reforms and— yeah, small bore bullshit. We are the people who need to manage that process, right. to discipline the electorate, to, to teach them that, that you can't have uh, anything good. Uh, you need to vote for the actively worst candidate because that's how you win. And— you know, somebody like Bernie who's saying like, no, fuck that. We're going to we're going to go for broke. We're going to try to get the very best thing we can get, you know, and maybe we have to take some compromise when it comes down to the to the nut cutting, as LBJ would say, when it comes time to actually count votes. But before that time, you know, we're just going to actually run on the things we really believe in. And that's just an existential threat for those people who, you know, I think most of them have probably convinced themselves that this is actually the truth, that America is a center-right country and the best you can do is shitty fucking neoliberalism. But back of their head, yeah. they know that if they don't push for this type of of shitty neoliberalism, they're not going to get the nice consulting jobs. That's right. and, or the fucking donors that keep them in an office, yeah. actually. Because, because if they propose anything radical that threatens the powers that be... 
that's threatening the, the very donor class that's funding them. Yeah, and there, the the whole skill of somebody like Rahm Emanuel, you know, and his predecessors who were raising money from people like Michael Milken, who was just pardoned by Trump, if you remember him, famous fucking financial criminal, was just to be able to raise shitloads of money from corporations and rich people. And if you say that, like, that's bad, in fact, actually, that's harmful, well, then what the point, what's the point of you being in politics, Rahm Emanuel? You are a fucking poison. You should be driven from the scene, you know? ridden out of town on a rail and that you know that is something that the that crowd for obvious you know reasons psychological or cynical they just refuse to believe and one thing that's obvious that a movement and a leader like bernie sanders can do and and dave kybe does a great job of pointing this out is focus on agenda setting and alternative setting so yeah. Literally, what the we talk about the Overton window, but what what's on offer in terms of debate is um, really kind of determined by those politicians and those in media who uh, delimit what the possible is. Um, and so, right now, you have just people trying to do that for Medicare for all and say, "Oh, that that'll never be enacted. That's not that's not possible." But the very fact that Bernie from 2016 on has been hammering home Medicare for all and a lot of other radical proposals is the reason that everyone has to define themselves in relation to that platform and to those policies. And so yeah. he has made and the people supporting him have made that something that's possible and has to be discussed, even if people argue against it. It's not even, um, it, you know. When Obama basically conceded that the public option was never going to happen, right, that ceded so much power that could have been had at the time and took it off the table, right? And, and the difference between the, the kind of establishment Democrats and their approach is to, to negotiate with themselves and circumscribe the limits ahead of time rather than push for and demand what the ideal would be, what, what the, the absolute, you know, limits of 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 what we would want, what we desire would be so that people are forced to contest. And, um, and this is, this is why the whole discussion this time has been on Bernie's terms. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's an interesting comparison I think about sometimes with the funding of, uh, world war two and, um, the way, you know, this was funded effectively a lot by printing by, by the federal reserve buying shitloads of government debt but it was also funded by taxation. And what conservatives wanted to do was have a conversation about the sales tax. They wanted the burden of the war to go on to the poor in the middle class. And FDR was like, fuck no, we're going to have a conversation about a maximum income, maximum income of $25,000, which is like a million bucks in today's dollars. And, you know, it's like the, the, the idea being you can't make more than that. The, the the there will be a marginal tax rate of 100%. Not allowed. Yep. And he didn't get it through, but he really really pushed for it. He he wouldn't take no for an answer and so he just dragged the debate towards how the rich were going to pay. And it ended up being about 94% and there were certain carve-outs and exceptions, but like the overwhelming majority of the burden went on the rich and not on the middle class and the poor. And, and the, the beauty of that is not only does it get you more in terms of leftist goals of helping people, but it clarifies that this is a power struggle. Yeah. And you might lose the, the battle, right? You might lose that particular war, 
you know, I, I should say the particular battle, but, but at least everyone knows what's at stake, which side everyone's on and why something won or failed. And then you could hold people accountable and say, you know what, people in Kentucky, Mitch McConnell deprived you of Medicare for all. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think, the, one of the big things that was missing from Obama. The first one, that lack of strategic vision where you were saying, where you were trying to say, what, you know, what are we trying to get? What's our, what's our sort of like endpoint goal? Let's try to make everything revolve around that. And then number two, not being, not ever taking credit for anything or blaming anybody for things that went wrong. You know, back in the New Deal, every New Deal project had a big old plaque on there. Public Works Administration, Works Progress Administration, a big eagle with stars and stuff like that. And, you know, none of Obama's stuff had anything like that. You know, some signs and whatnot that that disappeared after a while for the, for the few construction projects they did do. But on the other hand, one of their big tax cuts they did was deliberately designed to be invisible because the fucking economists told them it would be slightly more... Uh, uh, likely to be spent if you didn't tell anyone. If right. their paychecks just went up by 5% or something. And that's why there is something distinct about a movement that says, no, we're representing the will of the people. The demands are fairly simple. It's not about like technocracy and how skilled you are at, at like adjusting the, the inflation rate or whatever. It, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's It's about a contestation where we say people left and right all over this country are going bankrupt because they have medical bills they can't pay. And uh, you know what? The intransigent Republicans and the conservative Democrats are not letting that happen. So what are you going to do about it, people? Are you going to vote them out? Maybe you should. That's the end of the preview, folks. If you want to hear the whole episode, you can go to patreon.com slash left anchor. Thanks for listening.